0: Hey guys, welcome this morning to our Grace Church Ellet online services. My name is Pastor Aaron. Uh, Guys, thanks for joining us this weekend, whether it's your first time or you've been joining us for a couple weeks. We really love hanging out with you guys here in the online format, saying hello to you in the chat. So make sure you let us know that you're here uh, and you can reach out to us if you have any questions or need anything. But thanks again for doing that. I want to take a quick minute to recognize Memorial Day weekend this morning. Uh, we know that many of you have family members who serve in the military maybe you've even done that yourself Uh, we want to thank you for that service and of course this weekend we recognize kind of the ultimate sacrifice of of those who serve those who have lost their life in the line of duty so we know many of you have been affected by that and so as you guys are having your barbecues you're celebrating gathering with family this weekend we want to make sure that we take a couple of minutes uh, to remember the sacrifice of families and um, those people who have served in the military. Guys, I want to let you know about a couple of other things that are going on here. Of course, we've adjusted here to the summer schedule, so we're glad to be seeing you earlier. You can catch the service a couple different times, um, so keep on doing that as well. Um, guys, if you have been uh, giving online, we want to thank you for that. Um, if you guys have been wanting to give and haven't been able to do that since we haven't been meeting in person, I want to let you know about a couple ways you can do that. Uh, The first one is to go onto our website. Uh, There's a tab that says Give. You can sign up to do that there. Um, You can also go through our app, and that will take you to our website to do that as well. Um, If you aren't able to do it online and you need to send us something physically, reach out to us in some fashion, and we will make sure to get you the right information on where to send that. Guys, we also had our town hall this week It was uh, great talking about how we're going to move forward um, with our campus and uh, answered a lot of questions. If you guys missed that, no worries. We are going to send that out in an email. We recorded it so you can kind of catch up on what's going on, and then you can even reach out to us if you have questions based on what you see there. But guys, thanks again for joining us this weekend, and uh, we hope you guys have been having a great week. Uh, Why don't you join us as we start this morning off with some songs?
1: Hey, good morning, Grace Church. Thanks for being with us this morning, wherever you're joining us from. Um, we are so glad to be together, even if it's only virtual this way. We wanted to start our service this morning singing a new song together. It's called King of Glory. And I, I know what my heart needs during this season more than anything else is, is hope and hope in, in Jesus. And that's what this song is, is all about. Um, it talks about who God is, the hope that we have in him. And it's it's just a lot of fun to sing and to remember and to pray these words together. So wherever you're joining us from, whether you're still half asleep or you're watching this in the middle of the night, um, why don't you learn these words with us together, um, start to pray them and, and have them be part of our, our lives this week. But this is called King of Glory.
2: i uh-huh.
3: So much for tuning in today. Uh, my name is Ryan. I'm the campus pastor here at our LA campus, and we'd love to meet you at some point. So let us know that you're here and uh, maybe tell us how you got connected to the conversation here today. And uh, for our Grace family, miss you guys. Can't wait to see you face to face and uh, excited to be with you again, hopefully, here soon. And uh, as you know, we have been in conversations over the last handful of weeks here, all through this book of the Bible, 1 Thessalonians and super relevant for us, kind of where we are and kind of the situation that we find ourselves in here today. And uh, that's gonna be true in this conversation we're about here today as well. As you know, it's Memorial Day weekend and uh, we're all kind of having people that we've lost on our minds. That's kind of part of that weekend and part of the reason for Memorial Day, of course, to remember those who have lost their lives. But then most of us, our, our minds drift into Those who have lost their lives, not only in military efforts, but kind of in all parts of our lives. And so that kind of fires up a bunch of questions in us. I know that does for me, and it did for me before I had a faith in Christ for sure. right? Questions like, what happens when somebody passes away? Where do they go? Uh, What does the afterlife look like? How does it work for them? Will I see them again? Will I recognize them if I do see them again? Right, so some of those deep kind of life questions that we all have uh, kind of surface when we think about people that we have lost, that we've loved, or that we've lived life with, and of course that, that's because those are some of the most painful events that we experience in life. Uh, the loss of a loved one is it causes excruciating pain for us, and so we we want to know: are we going to see them again? We're going to be with them again? What, what is the afterlife and what are they experiencing right now? And so all those questions swirl for all of us and uh, they're important to us. And, and sometimes they kind of come to the surface and we get to chase those answers down a little bit as those questions surface. So uh, this weekend and really over the next handful of weeks or the next several weeks, we're going to be spending some time talking about some of the answers to those questions, right? Like what, what happens uh, at, at the end of history? It, d- does history end or does it just kind of go on forever? And what does the Bible say about that? And wh- what's going to happen here with the whole Jesus returning thing? Like, what's that going to look like? And we're not going to, of course, answer every question there is to answer, but we want to dive into some of them. And certainly they come up naturally here in this book of the Bible that we've been in, in 1 Thessalonians. And so if you're just jumping in with us, or maybe you've missed a a conversation or two, let me just recap kind of where we've come from. So we're looking at a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a church that he helped start, and he misses these guys. He he wants to be with them. They've been disconnected from each other. Uh, They're doing well. They're they're being persecuted, but they're thriving in their faith. And Paul is writing a letter back to them to encourage them, uh, to tell them how he feels about them. And then also to clear up some misunderstandings that they have, uh, one of which is about the things that are going to happen towards the end of time. And some of those misunderstandings are around what happens to people uh, when they die, when when they've had faith in Christ. And they were confused about some things. And That's kind of the context that we're going to pick up today as we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, is Paul's going to begin to address some of this, where where he's going to talk to them about here's what happens and here's the situation uh, for the people that have lost their lives in the church here in Thessalonica who knew Jesus, right? People who had faith and they passed away because that's what had happened. After the church started, some people who were believers had passed away and the believers who were remaining, the, the believers who still were alive, wondered what happened to them and they were confused about what their future might look like. So that's what we're going to pick up here uh, today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, here's what Paul says. And I encourage you to turn there in your Bible if you have a Bible with you. If you don't, if you don't have a copy of God's Word, let us know. Uh, we'll mail one to you and make sure you get a physical copy for yourself. But here's what he says in 4.13. He says, Brothers and sisters, uh, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Okay, so he says some fascinating things. He says, I, I want to make sure you know about this. I want to make sure you're not uninformed and you're not in the dark about this. He wants to make sure to clear it up. He says that the people who sleep in death and that, that idea of sleeping in death is something that would show up in the ancient world all the time. It was common to talk about death as sleep and people who had fallen asleep, often that meant people who had died and so that's what he's saying. He's saying, I don't want you to be in the dark about people who have passed away now in, in death. And I want to make sure that you don't have to grieve like the rest of humanity, uh, like, like people that don't have any hope. And it was common in the ancient world for pe- people to believe that once you died, what happened to you is, is that really nothing happened, that you just ceased to exist, And there was a hopelessness to that. And that's actually a common belief in our world here today, right? There's all kinds of people. Some of us might believe that, that that when people die, we we might believe that just they go nowhere, right? That there's no future for them, that there's no afterlife. And he said, I want to make sure you understand this. I want to make sure you have a, a proper teaching on this subject. Why? So you don't have to grieve like those that don't have hope. I I want to make sure that you know that, that of course, grief is a part of life, but grief without hope looks very, very different. Uh, Here's an important piece I want to make sure you grab. Grief is important. Grief without hope is crushing. Grief without hope is crushing. We know this. It's important. I don't want to go to one extreme here that sometimes has shown up in the church, sometimes because of the hope of heaven. And be, because of the hope that one day I'm going to see the people that I've lost who, who've passed away, who had faith in Jesus, I know there's going to be a reunion one day. Sometimes we as the church have, have talked about that or pushed hope on that to the point where we said, you don't even really need to grieve uh, b- because this reunion is coming. So we've downplayed grief in some ways. And I just want you to know that that is not even a biblical approach to emotions. That's not even a biblical approach to grief. All throughout the Bible, uh, people would grieve when they lost people they love. Like it's okay to miss people, right? It's okay to miss somebody that that you love and that you've lost for your heart to break because you're not gonna see them the rest of your days here on the planet. Now, when we're in close relationship, we miss each other and it's hard sometimes even to be separated for a small amount of time. right? Even sometimes for weeks or months, uh, when people are away for different reasons, we can feel that, and that grief is real. And when we have lost people that we love, it's important to actually walk through the process of grieving, to be honest about it, and it's important for that to play out in our hearts and our lives. In fact, if you go back kind of through the Old Testament, what you find is Sometimes uh, when, when prominent leaders would die, the whole community would take 30 or 40 days and they would, they would just grieve. They would take those days and that whole time period and just uh, kind of let grief happen and let our emotions catch up with the reality of what we're experiencing. So on one hand, it's really important to, to, to recognize that grief is real uh, we're allowed to do that. We're encouraged to do that. I would say it's part of the healing process. Uh, Jesus grieved, Paul grieved, and all throughout the Psalms, you're going to see pieces of grief. So grief is important, but Paul's going to say, hey, if you're grieving without hope, boy, that, that's a crushing experience, right? If, if there's no hope for those who I've lost, that can be crushing to me. The weight of that uh, can feel overwhelming. And so he's, he's like, I want you to understand that there is a hope for those who have passed who had faith in Jesus, right? You, you can know that. The grief is real, but there's a future, right? The grief hurts, and I can be honest about that, and I'm gonna see that person face to face. It's critical that we know that, and we feel it, and we kind of approach grief that way, uh, and, and we see it kind of for what it is. Now, for those of us who... Uh, maybe we're raised a little bit old school, and uh, we're we're not used to talking about emotion. We're not used to talking about things like grief, and and we kind of have the attitude to just rub some dirt in it, right? It, get over it. it, it it's going to be fine one day. You're you're going to see him again. It's okay. And we we're not used to being honest and open and kind of transparent about emotions. That's hard for some of us. I know that's kind of hard for me at times. I've had to work pretty hard at it. It's important for me to see things like this show up in the Bible. When the Bible talks about other people in my life that may be grieving, mourning, the Bible doesn't tell me to look at them and say, hey, uh, suck it up. You're going to get over it. You're going to see them again one day. Right? That reality is there. It's true. But what, what the Bible is going to do is say, don't, don't approach it like that. Uh, don't be callous. Don't be flippant. Don't just throw Bible verses at people. Uh, right? Don't disregard the pain that people are in. Instead, uh, Paul would say in another book of the Bible, mourn with those who mourn. Mourn with those who mourn. Uh, come alongside somebody who is hurting and in grief and mourn with them. Enter into that with them a little bit, especially if you're close in and you're family or friends. Uh, we, we want to meet them where they are and kind of hurt with them. And that is actually the kind of the biblical response to to someone who's grieving, right? And not to to quote a cliche at them or uh, disregard maybe the pain that they're in, right? So we want to mourn with those who mourn. Now He goes on in the passage, uh, he continues to talk about why we can have this hope that he talked about. He says, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. And here gets to the interesting part, I think, uh, kind of a fascinating idea. He says, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And this is the basis of of the gospel, right? The good news. Uh, And this is critically important good news because it is believing this good news that creates hope both in my life And it creates hope in the lives of the people around me that that their eternity is secure, that they are gonna live life in heaven. It's how we get right with God, right? By believing that Jesus came, he he died, he rose again, he defeated sin and death for me. That's the good news of the gospel. And it's why we put so much stock in that message. It's why we wanna share it with the people around us because belief in that message is, is what creates hope. Because I can know, no matter what happens to me or to you, we're going to see each other one day in heaven. We're going to spend eternity together. Right? That, that's a massive deal. He says, we believe that. We believe that Jesus died and he rose again. And so we believe that, that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. And here's the part where it gets really interesting. One day, we're going to see in a minute, that, that Jesus is going gonna to return to return from heaven to earth. And when he does that, what he's going to do, he's going to bring with him everyone who has ever believed in him throughout all of history, right? Every soul that has put their faith in Jesus will return with Jesus when he comes back, right? When he returns. Fascinating thing to grab hold of, right? So, so here's what happens when that's going on, because you might think to yourself, wait a minute, how does that all work? What happens to somebody when they actually die? Right? Because we, we, the person that we see, the person that we love and they're animated, and their personality shows up in their body. When we lose someone, we know that we watch that life kind of uh, leave them and be disconnected from them. And then we, of course, we're gonna bury people, right? We're gonna we're gonna grieve over that. We're gonna be separated from people physically. One of the things that is so comforting that the Bible says about what happens to us when we pass from this life to the next is, is gonna show up right here. I want you to catch this verse. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse six through eight. I might want to jot this one down and keep it for reference. It says, Therefore, we all we are always confident. And know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Okay, let me say that again. Think about it this way. When I am at home in the body, when I'm living in my body, uh, one of the things that the Bible says about our bodies, it says that our bodies are like tents and they house our soul. It's kind of like a, a vehicle, a car that, that, that carries my soul around, right? It's my spirit or my soul that, that animates me, gives life to who I am. He says, as long as I am in the body, as long as I am in the tent, I'm disconnected from heaven. I'm disconnected from the Lord. I'm not in his presence. He says, uh, for we live by faith, not by sight, right? When I'm living life in the body, I can't see Jesus. I can't see God. I'm living by faith. I'm, I'm acting and believing as if he is true. I, I, I believe that he is, and so I'm going to live that way. He says, we are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. This is what we would rather do. Rather than living in this body, this is what what we're going to do one day, Paul might say, is our body is going to wrap up its life, and when that happens, my soul will immediately be put into the presence of God, right? Because when I'm away from the body, I'm at home with the Lord. At that point, we can live by sight in God, right? I don't have to live by faith anymore. There's going to be a day when we don't have to practice faith. All we have to do is see God, and we can believe Him. We can see the angels. We can see heaven, All of this is going to make sense in a way that it doesn't make sense today. Why all of the things happen that that we're not sure about and we're confused about and and why did it, all of that will be kind of erased and we're going to be able to live by sight one day. And And all of those who have passed away from our lives, who had faith in Jesus today, are in the presence of Christ. Uh, They're living by sight. They're enjoying that freedom. They no longer experience pain or doubt or worry or sin, right? Or temptation. And none of that is playing out in their world. Why? Because they're at home with the Lord. And that is the hope that each of us have who have faith in Christ. I remember this... uh, this got really real for, for me and for Lori. Uh, we, we, we had a, a dear friend, a uh, lady who was in our wedding. She's really close into our family, a family friend that Lori grew up with. And uh, she got real sick with cancer. It's about seven years ago. And, um, and she fought it and she was a fighter. And we fought with her and we walked through seeing this, this healthy, she was a health maniac, uh, eight, Ate better than anybody I knew. Worked out almost every day. We we watched her body change from from somebody who is fit and vibrant, full of energy. And as cancer affected her life and drained that energy and vibrancy from her body, we we saw that drain away from her. And eventually, uh, she she left this planet as, as a woman of faith, but her body was was breaking down right before our very eyes. It was, it was excruciating for us, so hard. The grief was real. I remember at the funeral, and even the days after the funeral, thinking, man, I, I can't wait to see her again. I can't wait for Lori to see her again. But, but I know that she is, she's actively with the Lord. And I remember how real it felt. And I remember thinking that this is, how it, this, was, this is how it is for us, that the longer we live and the more people that we know and love and have faith in Christ as they transfer their residence from earth to heaven, more and more of our hope is going to be transferred to heaven. And we're going to long to see that day right? when, when Jesus returns. And when he returns, our friend is going to be with him. Right? And our grandparents, as a pastor, I've done all kinds of funerals and I've, I've laid to rest many people that I love and I had confidence that they had faith in Christ and I, I'm going to be able to see them again one day. And for, for many of you who have lost those who have faith in Christ, you, you know that one day you're going to be able to see them again face to face and when Jesus returns, they're going to be with him. That reunion is going to happen and it's going to be powerful, and it will be sweet, and it will be the culmination right, of our life here on earth. I'll never forget those moments in my life, and as I'm sure you will never forget those moments in your life, when you've lost loved ones and have hurt and grieved, and the reality of eternity hits at a different year, a different level. That's where, the, that's where the Thessalonians were. Right? They were struck by it, right? and they were seized by it, and they realized we, we need some answers to these questions because all of a sudden, we're not just living life and going through the grind anymore. We need to know what comes next, and where is my friend or my grandparent or my parent or my, my, the person that I share life with at church? Where, where are they, and am I going to see them again? How is that all going to work? Paul goes on and he gives a little more description to it. He he says this, according to the Lord's word, we tell you uh, that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. He says, listen, I want you to understand, uh, when when Jesus comes back and and we're still alive, if it happens in our lifetime. We're not going to go to heaven and go meet Jesus before the people that have passed away, here's what's going to happen. He's going to explain it here in more detail in, in the next verse. It says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise First. Okay, this is crazy powerful. just want you to imagine this. Jesus is going to return. This is a factual event that is going to happen one day. It's going to play out. He's going to return. There's going to be a loud command. How's that going to work? No, nobody quite knows. There's going to be an archangel. His voice is going to play The trumpet call of God is going to play out. And the, the souls that return with Jesus are going to be reunited with these resurrected bodies and and they're going to live eternally with perfect bodies. And then we're going to be able to see those who we have loved and lost. We're going to be able to see them face to face. Now, now when I say it, at least for me, I, I think, wow, that feels far away. Is that going to happen? How's that going to work? It sounds like something out of a crazy movie. Like this is gonna play this way? This is a promise that God has made. This is how the end of history is going to wrap up. Jesus will return. Those who we have lost, who had faith in Christ, we will be reunited with them. And that hope is sure. And that's incredibly comforting to get my heart around and to get my mind around. Here's what he says. He says, after that, we who are still alive in our left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Right? So Jesus is going to come back. He brings all of, all of the people, all of the, their spirits that come back who have believed in him. They're raised from the dead. We're gonna be. Then they're gonna go meet Jesus in the air, and then we go meet Jesus in the air as well. And history begins the process of wrapping up. There's a lot of details too. We're gonna walk through the whole timeline here, but that in that series of events is triggered here, and the end begins to culminate, and the resurrection of the dead will happen, and we will meet Jesus. Physically in the air, and we will be with him forever. And that is how the end will begin to culminate. I I need to know that. I need to know that this life, this grief, and this pain, and this confusion, and the wars, and the diseases, and the discomforts, and the frustrations, is not it's not gonna last forever. It's not eternal. That stuff is temporary, and it's a part of our experience here on the planet. But it's not forever. It's going to go away. And one day, while we're busy trying to live by faith, in the midst of sin and death and confusion and frustration, one day we're going to be able to live by sight, because we're going to be able to see Jesus. In the comfort of this passage, the encouragement of this passage is we're going to see him face to face and we're going to see everyone who has ever passed who had faith in Christ face to face. It's the beauty of it. It's the power of it. That's why Paul leans in. He says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Paul's going to say, hey, keep telling each other this in love, with tact, with mercy, while mourning with those that we mourn, encourage one another with these words. Give courage to each other to know that while the frustration happens here on the planet, and and while it's confusing, and while we're trying to navigate things we don't understand, have courage, because this is not going to last. This world will not last. This pain will not last. This frustration will not last. There is an end point. There is light at the end of the tunnel. There's a moment that we're gonna see Jesus face to face. There's a moment when the doubt and the temptation is going to go away. There's a moment when the sickness is no longer a risk. There's a moment when I see my savior. There's a moment when I'm reunited with those who I have loved and lost. And what do we do? We encourage one another with those words. We speak courage to each other. Right, so that we can hang on. Because I don't know about you, when I know there's an end, when, when I know that there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel, when I know there's a period at the end of the sentence, I can hang on. I can remain. I won't lose heart. Like Paul said, I, I can remain confident because I know Jesus is coming back. It's the core of my faith. I believe that he died. I believe that he rose again. I, I believe that he's going to return. And I believe that my hope and my faith is going to be the center point of, of kind of my future fulfillment and hope in him. Guys, That this is big. It's something that we all are going to face, of course, is, is seeing the, the loss of our loved ones and navigating the grief and the pain and the frustration of life trying to figure out how do we live in the midst of it? How do we cling to hope in the middle of it? And I think it's a question that we all wrestle with. And and I love this passage because in so many ways, what, what I would say is this, catch this, that the hope of what Paul is describing in the return of Jesus, the vision of that reunion with those that we love, Here's what it does. The reunion gives hope to the separation. The reunion gives hope to the separation. Does Does the separation hurt? Absolutely. It is living separated from those who we love and sometimes living separated from Jesus. right? All that creates pain and frustration and difficulty. But knowing that there's a reunion coming, that, that I should be on the alert and look for it to play out, that Jesus will return one day. He will right-size all of the wrongs. He, he will resurrect everyone who has had faith in him to know that that's happening, that's going to happen. It, it's on a timeline. Nobody knows when. You know, we'll talk a bit more about that in the weeks to come. Nobody knows exactly what that timeline's gonna look like. Although many have tried to figure it out, what we do know is Jesus is returning. And I can build my life around that reality because so I can know it. You say, Ryan, what, what do we do with all of this? Right? How, how do we navigate it and how do we move forward in it? Here's a couple questions that I asked uh, asked of myself and, and I'll ask of you as well. If I'm going to walk away uh, from this conversation today and maybe process this personally or have conversations in our life groups or maybe the other people you're watching with today, I think a great question to ask is, is, uh, am I being honest? Am I being honest about the grief that I have in my life? Am I being honest about, about how much it's hurt to lose the people that I have loved, so sometimes even the grief of that this life brings, all of us have kind of lost something in this window of time that we're in. It's perfectly good and healthy and right to be honest about that, to grieve that. And I would tell you that grief is important. If you ignore it, it'll, it'll come up later and it, it, it'll affect your life in some way. I kind of guarantee you that. So I want to deal with that. I want to be honest with it. I want to be open about it, might, might need to have a conversation with somebody about it and make sure that I'm being as honest and as healthy as I can be with, with the grief that I have. There's another question I might ask. While it's critically important right, to deal with our grief, it's also critically important to begin daydreaming about the reunion. Are you, are you imagining, have you visualized what that day might look like when your life and my life and history wraps up as we've known it and everything that we have valued that's, that's temporary, it's all going to be gone. It'll be lost. And everything that's eternal will remain. Have you daydreamed about the day when when this race of a life is over and we cross the tape? And no longer do we have the struggle of of sin and difficulty. No longer do we have the struggle of separation from those who we've loved and lost who have faith in Christ. You're daydreaming about that. Building a vision for that. And just as we would spend time daydreaming about being done with whatever phase we're in the middle of and imagine what it's going to be like when, when the pandemic's over or when high school's over or when college is over, or when I meet somebody to marry or when retirement comes or when the next grandchild is born. Just like we would spend time in our heart and mind dreaming about what it's going to be like when that happens What if we spend some time dreaming about the reunion? About when Jesus comes and he looks me in the eye and with him are all of the faithful from all over the planet. What's that day going to be like? It's going to be amazing. And that dream alters the way that I approach my life here and now. Am I dreaming? Am I honest? And then finally, here's an important one. in a a hard one in some ways. Coming out of this conversation, am I moved? Am I moved to share the message, the good news of Jesus with with people in my life? Because now I remember, right? This isn't going to last forever. And and that that friend and that family member, I I want them to know Jesus because I want to spend eternity with them forever in heaven. Because guys, it's the difficult part. Jesus, faith in his name, is the only sure way to have heaven. That's it. The Bible would say his name is the only name given under heaven by which we may be saved. So that's a message that, that I would be moved to tell, it puts some urgency in me, because I love you, and I want you to spend eternity with me, and I want you to know Jesus. I'm moved by that. There's an urgency to it. It's real. This is where we're all heading. And if I love you, and I believe this, how could I do anything but, but be moved to tell you the truth? Am I honest? Am I daydreaming? Am I moved? And finally, I just, I want to recognize that some of us are watching, some of us are watching and you are hearing the conversation and you're wondering, where's my faith today? What is going to happen if if what you just said, Ryan, is true and Jesus is going to come back? Would I be included in that? Have I put my faith in Jesus? Is is my eternity kind of set? And just hear me. You, you might need to receive that message yourself. And have you never done that before? And that the news that Jesus, God's Son, came to the planet and loved you and died for you, and He did it willingly, that He, that he died and He rose from the dead and He beat death and that you can have life in his name if you believe in him. If you say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I want to follow you. Forgive me for what I've done. I'm in. I, I, I want to I see you one day. I want to have my sins forgiven now and erase my guilt and my shame. I'm in on this. If you never made that decision, hear me. No Message matters more than that. And when this whole thing wraps up, when history ends, the only thing that will matter, the only thing that will matter is what we did with Jesus. So I would submit that to you and say, what do you want to do with Christ have you said yes to his sacrifice for your sins? Have you believed in him? Is your eternity set? Right. So no matter where we are with him, embracing the reality of grief or cultivating imagination for the future, saying yes to Jesus and helping other people to do that, can we move forward today with a vision of a future that is fixed, it's set, It's going to happen. Can we begin to live in light of that reality? Would you pray with me? Lord, we want to say you are good. And you are so loving to give us a glimpse into what the future is going to hold for us. Thank you for telling us that you're going to come back. Lord, that that helps us to live in light of your return. And so, God, give us courage and imagination and urgency and honesty that we might live in light of the reality of your return, Christ. And help us to believe the message that you told us. And give us endurance, God, to know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, This isn't going to last forever. This earth won't last and our lives won't last, but we will live eternally with you if we have faith in you and we trust you with all that we are and all that we have. Meet us here, Lord, even now. It's in Christ we pray. Amen.
1: It's incredible. It's hard to believe sometimes, but we, we believe it, that, that you are our living hope, that you're alive, that you're working in us and through us. And as you're doing that, you're calling us to yourself, to the peace and comfort and hope that you provide, to the relationship that you want to have with each of us. Lord, we've all been through really difficult seasons. Maybe some of us are going through an even more difficult season right now because of loss, because of pain. There's so many different things that that can be troubling us or causing us to, to feel like we don't have any hope thankful that, that through all of those things, through all of those moments, we can be reminded through songs and prayers and singing and being together like this, through reading your word and, and understanding your heart and mind more, that we have hope in you, that you're alive, that you love us, and that you sent your son to the earth to sacrifice his life for us and pay a debt that, that we couldn't pay so that we can have hope and life and salvation in you so remind us of that this week give us that hope help us to remember who you are and what you've done and how you're working and moving in our lives help us to to be refreshed and to be renewed in our courage and our peace and our hope in you we love you
2: broken, I was blind, I was searching for an answer on my own, I couldn't find it, then you came in, you made me new, showing me that you're with living for. True life begins with you, no matter where we are, no matter what season, no matter who we feel, you won't stop believing that you are. Take our hearts cause we know that you are the only
1: Thanks for being with us this morning. Love you guys. Can't wait to see you again soon.